I'm Sarah, and I'm a Zoomer. I'm Mike, and I'm a Boomer. And this is the Zoomer to Boomer podcast. As you might imagine, I'm her father, and she's my daughter, but we're going to cuss like sailors. (laughs) And we might have some topics that are a little offensive to you, so if you have virgin ears or a closed mind, you might want to listen to something else. So funny. I love that intro. I <laughs> I actually, you know, my friend Emmy, um, yeah. she is a trans woman. And I told her the other day what you, t- what you told me about, you were like, yeah, the relationship a man has with his penis is very special. So, like, I'm not going to question anyone who wants to remove it. And she was like, oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> it's true, though. It is. It's like, I just, I, for me, that's just incomprehensible, but that's her choice. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> it was just so funny. I, I, was, <laughs> I was laughing. She thought it was very funny. She approved of that reasoning. So good. Good. Um, <laughs> uh, before we get started, because this episode is going to be about the news and the way the news has been shaped over the course of these past like 50 or 60 years um but i want to talk about very briefly what is going on in the news right now (laughs) because (laughs) earlier this week it was last week a bunch of internet dorks came together and decided that they wanted to save gamestop and amc apparently and because this hedge fund had been short selling a bunch of GameStop and AMC shares. And so all these internet dorks were like, you know what we should do is buy every single share of GameStop and AMC. So they have nowhere to uh, get the, the shares from. And I have been losing my mind reading about everything that's developing and, and how this all came about. Dad, the most important thing I need you to understand about all of this that has happened and how crazy it is. So the website all these internet dorks came from is Reddit. Uh, and I know that you probably don't use it ever, basically at all. It's it's a forum conglomerate website that you can find pretty much anything on. But something that is universally true about people who use Reddit is that they hate GameStop. They cannot Why? stand GameStop. It's there's a lot of reasons. It's a not great company. Uh, they have pretty bad store policies and employment policies and all this stuff. And for a very long time, people on Reddit have been trying to run GameStop into the ground because they're just they're not a great company. But recently, they decided that they hate rich people more than they hate GameStop. <laughs> It, I I uh, equated it earlier today to it might be a dumpster fire, but I will put it out how I want to put it out. You don't get to put it out. It's like it's like if uh. you saw a dumpster on fire and you were like, that needs to be put out. And then someone came along and started pissing on it. And it's like, no, not like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that been- story, too. <laughs> and I, I just couldn't understand it. I was like, I understand what short selling is, and I know what GameStop is, <laughs> but I just couldn't understand what these people's motivation was to actually like. I thought they loved GameStop, you know. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, 
Don't fall <laughs> over. Like, they're rescuing GameStop because they love it so much. I know. And it's just like, and now I know that it's just like, they're just trying to be like, what? Yeah, they, I don't... they were trying to stick it to the rich people. And they did because that hedge fund lost billions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it is hysterical to me because they also hate AMC to a lesser degree because it's it's the internet. So like they care a lot about video games on the internet. Uh, but like to a lesser degree, they also hate AMC because going there is like, it, it's a money pit. Basically, you can't eat or drink anything on that premises if you have below a 700 credit score. It's like <laughs> absolutely insane. But like, I <laughs> no, they hate GameStop. And the thing about GameStop is that it was already suffering because in today's day and age with video games, uh, most people buy video games digitally. So you don't need to go into a store in order to acquire a video game. For I the get that. Part. I'm old. I'm not dead. No, okay. yeah. <laughs> so so the reason that GameStop has been suffering so much, especially during the pandemic, is that more and more people are playing video games. That's true. But there are so much easier methods of, of playing games than actually going to GameStop that it's just like it's kind of, they're kind of a moot point at this point. They also have a terrible buyback policy. You buy a game there for $60 and they will buy it off of you for like $3 when you bring it back. But then they'll sell it for 40. So Right. Uh yeah. But yeah, no, redditors do not like GameStop. They just hate rich people. <laughs> that was the motivation was to stick it to these rich people. Someone just went on this subreddit called Wall Street Bets and they were like, hey, this hedge fund has been short selling like a lot of GameStop shares. And I think that it's gonna run GameStop into the ground. Should we like stop them from doing that? <laughs> and all of Reddit collectively was like, fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> okay. That's the news right now. <laughs> to that point, I just want to add one thing that's not on our list to talk about. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be really quick because I want to get to our list. Absolutely. But um, that movie, The Blair Witch Project, that was the first movie that ever like like made a big splash with internet. Because yes. it was just like, there was no Facebook, there was no Absolutely. social media, but it was just all internet stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And it was just like weird, like it's just weird. It was just like it, it seemed, you know, I'm a big horror fan. I know you are too. Absolutely. And, and uh, your late aunt Pam was a huge. We loved horror, right? Oh yeah. So I, I was like, we got to go see this movie, you know. And it was just crazy how like all this stuff people were talking about this stuff, and nobody really knew anything about it. And uh, we went and saw this movie, and I it was the worst fucking movie. And I was just like. <laughs> I got taken by the internet for the first time ever. And I was like, you have to be kidding me. Oh my so, God. So the, fu the, the funny thing about the Blair Witch Project, aside from the very real fact that the family members of the actors in the Blair Witch Project received like condolences, like they were receiving like cards and flowers because people were like i'm so sorry for what happened to your family oh my like, god it wasn't real 
Watching the Blair Witch Project now, I can appreciate the film, but I feel like if I'd had it that hyped up for me back then, I wouldn't have enjoyed it because it's like the whole thing was made out to be this like terrifying, very real experience and you watch it and it's so much more of like a psychological and very subtle movie that like they hyped it up the same way that I would hype up like The Exorcist. You know, they were yeah. like, oh, my God, it's the scariest movie ever made. It's a scary movie, <laughs> but like it's not as insane as, you know, like I said, The Exorcist or something. Like Correct. That. Yeah. It's I don't know. But anyway, that was my take on it. That was from like, well, no, that's not my whole take. But my thing was, I was like comparing like the, the first one that, you know, whatever. Yeah. And now you talk about Reddit and stuff like that. So. I mean, there's a little bit of parallels there, but anyway, um, so you ready to get started? I'm absolutely ready to get started. Today, we are going to be doing a series of things that were broadcast on the news and assisted in forming the way that we consume the news today. So starting off our list is what, Dad? The 1960 presidential debate between John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon. And I told you something, I don't know, a few weeks ago that you didn't even know. Uh-huh. And this, this is really interesting. No, you, you're, you're good. But anyway, um, that one of the most interesting things about the 1960 presidential debate, which Kennedy won the presidency in 1960 by a hair. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I, I think in a way I'm biased because I was born on the day he was buried. But <laughs> I think I big part of his popularity is the fact that he died. Okay. Um, anyway, um, so for this presidential debate after the debate, because that was one of the first ones that was broadcast on television and they took a poll of people who watched it on television and the people who watched it on television thought Kennedy won because if you look at, um, video, from it um kennedy because it was in black and white for most people he looked like he had a five o'clock shadow he looked old and he looked like just old you know what i'm saying and out of date kennedy looked like really healthy and young and vibrant you know like the 60s were turning but it, then they took a poll of people who only listened to it on and well anyway the people who watched it on um tv thought kennedy won but the people who only listened to it on the radio, thought Nixon won. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, television, boom, right there. You know what I mean? And it goes to, to show that, you know, that's the way it was changing. Because before that, before like the 1950s, really everything was radio. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that's, I, I mean, I don't know if you've actually like read about it or done anything. In oh, yeah. The I mean, the, the 1960 presidential election is one that is so deeply interesting to me um, because Kennedy was, he wasn't, I don't think anyone's like first choice to be the nominee um, because he was younger. He was uh, in chronic pain from his injuries that he received during World War II. He was scandalous. His entire family was famous for various reasons, such as his his sister being lobotomized 
<laughs> and and you know various things and tragedies befalling their family that reminds me we should definitely do an episode on the kennedy curse but that's for another day nice um i i think that it's it is always everything that kennedy has ever done will always be interesting to me because i i think I agree that I think a big reason why he's famous is because he died, but I don't just think it's because his head got exploded <laughs> like on TV. I think it's because he had a lot of potential that was essentially wasted because he was killed like two years into his presidency. And you could really see, cause I did watch clips from this debate when I knew that we were gonna be talking about it. You can see that he is like full of energy and like he's very passionate while also being extremely like fatalistic and like always being like, look, if it's my time, it's my time. If I get my head exploded on TV, well, that's just gonna be <laughs> the end of it. Um, but I, you know, <laughs> It's, I think it's very ironic to me, this presidential debate, given the way that people viewed the two candidates as Nixon being the older, more wizened and experienced one versus Kennedy being the younger, more passionate one, um, considering the way that both of their presidencies would pan out, because I don't know if you know this, <laughs> neither one of them went that well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't think about that one. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> yes, 1960 so, presidential debate. Okay. So anyway, that was my point. We're going to move on from there towards the present time. Um, my next item on the list is a Cuban Missile Crisis, which is fascinating to me because it pitted two superpowers against each other in a way that the public didn't really see before. I mean, this was basically oh, yeah. the start of Cold War even though it was going on before then, but this was the, the like when it was like, okay, fuck you, no fuck you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's and Kennedy, all the Cold War was was just Ke Kennedy punches. was like, like right there on the edge. I mean, he could have started World War Three, you know, but the Russians knew that they were way outgunned. And I remember Khrushchev banging his shoe on the desk. You know, and it was is a brutal image for like tell. That's the thing about television is what one of the most interesting things to me is that, um, you know, how it changed, how the public really received their information, you know? And um, so, you know, for me, that's the biggest part of the Cuban Missile Crisis. And, you know, it just, I don't know, it kind of heightened the whole Cold, Cold War thing. So, um, yeah, um, I definitely agree. The Cuban Missile Crisis was definitely one of those situations that, like broadcast media brought it to the American people on such a level that made it extremely personal. You think about similar crises that we've had before, which are not quite as extreme, but there were other highly political war efforts that were made before that people might have heard about, but they really only heard it from either one source, a biased source, or the way that they heard about it made it such that they thought that they didn't really need to worry about it. Um, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day about the concept of yellow journalism as seen during the Spanish-American War at the end of the 20th century, where the only thing that anyone ever heard about in regards to the Spanish-American War was Americans are right and we're gonna win and it doesn't matter and there's really no threat. 
And then it really sparked this wave of people digging in and trying to find what information was true and what information was being fabricated for the sake of, you know, basically glorifying the American effort as a means of keeping the people from rioting against whatever the government decided to do. Um, but yes, I agree with you. <laughs> it, it made it so much more personal in 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 a very terrifying way it was the beginning of the most horrific things in existence actually being real rather than just being stories being brought to you on your television screen hold on i have to cough (coughs) you can edit that out i will edit that out okay so um I know you're thinking all the listeners out there are millions of dedicated listeners that um, I'm, we're skipping over the Kennedy assassination, but we're not. We're going to come back to that on a different episode. Oh, yeah. So there's ne- going to be possibly multiple episodes discussing the Kennedy assassination. Don't right. Worry. <laughs> yeah. The, um, my next one is uh, journalism's role in Vietnam. And I think that's one of the most powerful ways that the news actually changed America, the way Americans and really the world viewed news and that they actually saw on the evening news these horrible images from Vietnam where you could not sugarcoat it. This was the way it was, you know, yeah. and it was just for me and for your grandfather too, <clears throat> it was it's a whole different thing than just hearing about it, you know. I mean, they used to have like Back in World War II, they used to do these newsreel clips like at the movies because everyone went to the movies because they were air conditioned. And then so (laughs) they used to do these newsreels before the movie started about World War II, but they were all super highly edited and stuff. It was just like a basically a morale thing more than anything. But when the uh, Vietnam War, all these journalists went over there and actually got embedded with these soldiers and, and you saw these images on like the evening news and it was, you couldn't deny it, Yeah, you know? And that's what started the whole Vietnam protest because people actually saw it and they heard about it from their, like the young people came coming back and all this stuff and the stories and all this stuff. So. Yeah, I, um, I have more than once said that the Vietnam War was the birth, the true birthplace of honest journalism. Whereas I think the Iraq War was in a way the death of honest journalism <laughs> <laughs> did not live a very long life honest journalism oh like 1955 to 2003 he is uh oof <laughs> yeah yeah the um yeah but anyway um can we go you want to go on to the next one sure i don't I, I think my point about the cuban missile crisis and the way the news media really brought it into your living room, uh, it, I think that's pretty much the same point for Vietnam. It, it made it so much more of just like, a, you didn't just hear about soldiers dying, you were watching them die on your television screen. And this was what sparked right. one of the first real anti-war efforts in the United States. And don't worry, I know, I can hear you clamoring in the background we will do an episode on the anti-war effort during Vietnam because, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> what a what a twenty year period in this country's history. <laughs> yes. Um. So the next thing I've got on my list is Nixon's resignation, and I think I should start on this one Absolutely. because <laughs> because when I tell Sarah about my past and how I I really became interested in reading about history and reading the news and being such a news nerd and junkie and stuff was in 1974 I was 10 years old um, August of 74 and I'll never forget watching the President of the United States resign on national television and I remember thinking back then at my 10 year old level I was like he looks kind of really relieved like he's just saying like I just want to get the fuck out of here. Of course, I didn't think that when I was 10, but it really made me like confused a little bit. I, I didn't really grasp the whole Watergate thing because I was 10, but I really started reading the newspaper. Like, you know, obviously when you're a kid, you read the funny page papers and stuff like that, but Sarah, your grandpa and grandma never told me I couldn't read anything. And so I would read everything. I didn't always know what it meant, and I don't always understand everything. But when you read a lot, which I know you understand from me, never let telling you you can't read anything, is that, you know, when you read a lot, obviously some things just slowly start to make sense. And, and uh, to this day, it's just like I talk to people about certain topics and stuff like that, and it's just like, how do you know this? I'm like, well, I'm a nerd, you know? Yeah. And it, and it all started in August of 1974. And it, it, since then, it's just been worse. Well, it's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse, you know? Yeah. Where I keep telling, <laughs> I keep telling myself, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, I'm just going to shut it off for a while. I can't, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just, it's just, it was fascinating to me how like the Washington Post's role in that. And, um, Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know. I think um, a lot of that also comes from your willingness to be like, what the fuck are they talking about? And then you go look <laughs> it up. Um, because that was me early, uh, to earlier this week being like, what is short selling? <laughs> <laughs> and then I went and looked it up and I learned a bunch about the stock market. I still don't understand it because I uh, am not in the 1%. But... Uh, I I do understand it a little bit better now, so you know, right? Learning, it's fun. Everybody should do <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, and I find that too is just you know, and I I don't care. I don't judge people because I think that people are entitled to live their life the way they want to live it. They want to live in the dark and think stupid things, and they can live in the dark and think stupid things. Okay. Yeah. But don't don't try to tell me something. Yeah. When I know, you know what I mean? It, oh, it's yeah. like, look, you haven't even looked it up. You didn't even read about it. You weren't even there. You don't, you, don't, you know, it's like. It's just like that guy on Facebook the other day who tried to equate vasectomies and hysterectomies as though those two are even slightly <laughs> the same. Who did that? What a dumbass. So you, okay. So I know that you saw the post because you commented on it. It was the post that was like, if you're against abortions, you should just get a vasectomy. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy commented and was like, or you could get a hysterectomy. It's the same thing. And I was like, oh, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> one of those is a multiple organ removal. And one, one of them is a little clamp. Yep, that's it. You know? 
Yeah, because you commented on it being like, I got a vasectomy 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, it's like, I was talking to somebody the other day. This is a little side note. And I was yeah. like, I was like, you know how some procedures, I mean, I wouldn't consider a vasectomy really an operation, but some yeah. procedures are like really common now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's almost yeah, like, absolutely. you know, they're just like nothing. But I was like, who was the first guy who had his doctor tell him, hey, you know what? I could do this to you <laughs> and you won't have any more kids. It was the first guy to go like, yeah, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. If you yes. took a sharp instrument down there, you know, it's just like now it's just like, OK, millions yeah, oh, of men absolutely. have gone through it before. And it's just like, but oh, who was the first guy? You know? <laughs> it's so funny because not only is it an incredibly simple procedure, it's also reversible. <laughs> it's literally just right. a little thing. They just go, beep. they like pinch it. They're like, nope, yeah. it's closed. <laughs> right. It's uh, I was I was laughing so hard when I read that comment. I was like, you clearly like clearly he's probably talking about getting your tubes tied, which also is still not the same thing. Right. I was like, you're so fucking stupid. Right? <laughs> Just like you, it is so easy. He's like typing this on a smartphone that has Google as like the default search engine. You can right. go look it up before you say the dumb thing. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, back to our, our discussion at hand. Okay. So the next thing on my list is the um, Challenger explosion. Yeah. And this happened in, I think it was 86, I think. It was anyway. 1986. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, I remember watching that on TV. And the crazy thing about it was is people didn't know that it was a, an explosion. They thought it was some kind of part of the, like, the rocket taking off and stuff. This big plume of smoke. You know, yeah. so at first there wasn't everybody going like, oh, my God, you know, everyone was like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's a very, very first instance, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it was crazy how that thing was broadcast live on TV and you saw these people die like right before your very eyes. Absolutely. And it was just like crazy, you know, I mean, cable TV has just changed, you know, because it's it's 24 hour news cycle and they have time to fill. You know, so they oh, always yeah. they always had one channel. It was funny, like on cable TV when I was growing up, they always had one channel that was um, that played like you could look on this one channel and it would like when the space shuttle was in orbit, you could see like where it was like you could track <laughs> the space shuttle. And that's how bad of a the channel this was. And all it did was like track the shuttle. You could see like where it was and stuff and everything. But it was it was cool. I mean, you know, it was kind of like, yeah. Pre-internet, you know. Space is awesome. Why do you think yeah. we wanted to go there so bad? I know, right? Oh, yeah. The Challenger explosion is, it's like, it's so insane because it's like, you, I, I always equate it to the Titanic because it's like, oh, the Challenger. Yeah, we're going to send a teacher into space. It's going to be so cool. Oh, the Titanic. Yeah, it's the biggest thing that moves in the entire world. We're, right. we're going to have our maiden voyage and just run into a fucking iceberg. And then the Challenger right. is like, oh, hey, look, as a part of our very first like Teachers in Space initiative, we're going to send this teacher into space. Isn't that cool? Wrong. It's going to blow up. 30 seconds after launch holy shit and and the thing is like uh i've read a lot about it and there were a lot of things 
that led to that explosion, it wasn't just like a freak accident. It's not like there was no sign that the thing was going to blow up or that it was something the was going to go wrong. Yeah, it was too cold, first of all, right. because they decided exactly. to do it in January. Right. Um, and there was a lot of other things involved. I just remember multiple times freaking out because it was like, yeah, it's supposed to be like at least 45 to 50 degrees and it was only 30 degrees outside, but they kept insisting on going. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean it's like it's one of those things that it's like if the most basic thing about the process that you are attempting to do is not in order don't do it if you don't have any gas in your car you can't drive it if it needs to be 50 degrees to fly the space rocket don't fly it when it's 30 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what's funny is like there's so many things in life that almost go wrong. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, but we don't think about them because they didn't go wrong. But like when you think about like something you did that was wrong, how you fell or how you broke something or how something happened, like you had a car accident or whatever, you go back and you analyze it in your mind over and over and over and over again. Okay. Yeah. So when the space, the Challenger exploded, that's all that happened. It's been happening for the last what thirty four years, whatever it is, and it's just like when you. But the thing is, what makes me wonder is something bad happened that day. But what happens all those other days when things almost happen? You know what uh-huh. I mean. <laughs> Nobody's coming out with that shit going like, man, we just dodged a bullet there, brother, you know? We almost fucked this whole thing up. Right, right. Oh, but my God. It's just crazy how, you know, when, yeah. when you no, think I, about there's that. There's a story. I'll, pro- I'll have to find it. Because I, there, I, I read something somewhat recently where it was like, oh, the day that the world almost ended or something like that. Because yeah. Of a bunch of random things that all almost fell into place at the same time. Right. I'll have to try to find it again and I'll bring it up next time. But oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those, those like almost misses. You don't hear about those very often. No, no, no. You know. Um, but yeah, that was another thing where I was on live television, you know, and I saw oh, it. Oh yeah. I was like, Holy well, the, crap. The 24-hour news cycle had started in the 1980s as a result of the the uh, baby Jessica ordeal where the little girl was like <laughs> yeah, stuck fell in down the, the pipe. It fell down the well. Yeah. yeah. And so they like were like, that's when the 24-hour news cycle started, which is insane, by the way. One toddler falling down a pipe in her yard is why yeah. we have the 24-hour <laughs> news cycle. You know, this little side note, but um, your favorite puppy, Sammy, when she was little, when, <laughs> before you were born, you know, whenever she would like get all excited and start barking and stuff, your mother and I would be like, what's wrong, Sammy? Did Timmy fall down the well again? <laughs> she did. But the, the thing is, like, she was a she was a shepherd lab mix of some sorts. She had very yeah. long hair. She did kind of look like Lassie, but like all black with a little bit of like yellow on her. Right. She was a little lassie. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But anyway, um, Mr. So... Gorbachev, tad out in that wall. <laughs> Got your cheat seat, don't you? I do. Okay, yep. Next thing we're going to talk about is um, Ronald Reagan and um, the Berlin Wall and how he played a role in that. But I am also want to touch on the fact that 
it would never have happened if it wasn't Mikhail Gorbachev. Because Mikhail Gorbachev was a very forward-thinking person. Absolutely. And he, and he was very, by it, previous standards and by today's standards, he was very westernized. Mm-hmm. Um, him and his wife were like trendsetters. and I mean, they were just like, yes, they were very popular, you know. So, yes, people point out to um, that it was Ronald Reagan, okay. But it never would have happened without previous interactions between them. And the fact that Gorbachev was a different kind of Russian leader than we had ever seen. Um, it was it was amazing time to watch. And like you said, by that time, it was 89 or 88, 89. But anyway, um, it was just by that time, it was, you know, CNN was on like 24-7. And it was just like everywhere. You know, and everybody was just just waiting to see what was going to happen. I feel like this was one of the first times in history that American people were biting their nails over what was going to happen to innocent people halfway around the world. Yeah, could be. I'm not saying it's the first time in history, but like they were literally like, what's going to happen? Like, you know, East Berlin at the time was. It was a place that it was. I feel like a lot of what was going on over there at the time the best example I have comparing that to now would be like, we don't entirely know what's going on in North Korea. Like we have ideas because we've had people who have escaped who have told us what's going on, but you can't really know because you're not there. And if you go there, I'm never going to see you again. So dad, please cancel your plane ticket to North Korea. I'm (laughs) begging you. Don't go to North Korea. I would if I looked Asian at all. I would go there because it's funny because if you look on a um, satellite image at night of the K- Korean Peninsula, mm-hmm. you can see South Korea plain as day with all the oh, lights yeah, and it's stuff. A beautiful place. And North Korea is like a black hole. It's crazy. Oh you yeah. Know? But oh, the thing yeah. is, when you watch enough and read enough about North Korea, the people they love Kim Jong, Kim Jong Un. They love him. Like they well, are so. They- they indoctrinated him, for sure <laughs> they they are so indoctrinated that every house has like a like a poster or a shrine or yeah, whatever because they, they all made them themselves and the korean military did not deliver those things to them and tell them to hang them up at gunpoint that's not sarah <laughs> sarah it's it's not like they know what's going on in the world that's what my point is okay like it's so like not just like like technically dark in North Korea. It's like figuratively dark in North Korea. You know, they don't have the information. I'm not trying to say that every single person living in North Korea knows how bad it is, but plenty of them do because there's plenty of people who escape or who get information from the outside world through one method or the other. It's, it's, I don't, We'll have to do an episode on it. It's almost like we're going to have to talk a lot about Korea at some point. Yeah, and anything that's got Dennis Rodman in it, I'm all for it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. All right Berlin okay. Wall. It was crazy. Okay. It was a it was a time to be alive. I wasn't there. Did you know that legally there was a woman who was married to the Berlin Wall and once... Once the Berlin Wall was torn down, she was legally designated a widow. Are you serious? Is that true? 
<laughs> that is the truth. I would not. Is oh this my, my lying face? I think not. <laughs> okay, quick question. Did the Berlin Wall have life insurance? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Dad. I, I didn't ask the woman if she's okay. been receiving benefits. I'll have to look it up and get back to you. Okay, Let's you're going to have to do some heavy editing on this thing. <laughs> All right. The next thing on the list uh, is actually a little closer to home, kind of. Well, yeah, definitely. It's like physically closer to home for sure. But also, uh, literally, we had a family member who almost experienced this thing that happened. You want you want to start it off? That's fine. Um, I was just gonna say that uh, we were gonna talk about the uh, the bombing at the Olympics in Atlanta in Atlanta. In what was that? Nineteen ninety six? Was that the year I was born, or was that ninety four? Ninety six. Ninety six. Yes. Uh, yeah. So our my aunt and uncle were literally driving into the city, going to the Olympics when it was bombed. And I, you reached out to. I talked to Carmen, yeah, and um, she said that um, it was weird as weird as hell because when they were driving in, she was like, "Why is there nobody on the street down here?" Because it was like the biggest thing to hit the United States in a while. I mean, we had the Olympics in '84 in Los Angeles, but you know, you can imagine for the city of Atlanta how big of a deal Absolutely, it was, you know. Yeah. And um, it was just crazy. And then I just watched this little docudrama about that with Richard Jewell, the guy who was wrongly convicted. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to include this was because basically the news media tried and convicted him in the news. Okay. Basically, they zeroed in on this dude. Okay. With no evidence whatsoever and basically ruined his fucking life. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they found out there was another dude out there that was blowing up bombs. And they're like, no, it's not him. We got Richard Jewell. This other guy is just separate from him. I'm like, well, you got a bomber, okay, yeah. in Atlanta blowing up bombs? But this guy didn't have anything to do with the Atlanta bomber. Bomber, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, it was just crazy when you, you know, I remember reading, I remember reading about it with Richard Jewell and how it was just like the guy was just like, his life was freaking ruined Absolutely. you know i don't like i don't know if you this is i i i swear i didn't think that this was gonna come up because i forgot about that entire richard joel situation the boston marathon bombing right that that happened a few years ago a bunch of guys on reddit decided that they had found the guy who did it they didn't by the way it was not the right yeah. guy y'all are fucking stupid um, but they decided that they had found the guy, proceeded to dox him and had and like ruined his life because they put all of his information online. They were like, this is the Boston Marathon bomber. Like, this is the guy, blah, blah, blah. Put his picture all over the place. Yeah. Guess what? Well, yeah, it wasn't him. It was a completely different person. Right. It was just like it was like they picked a random and th- this has been happening we're, and we will talk about 9-11, obviously, but this has been happening since 9-11, where they just picked a random brown guy out of the crowd and were like, that's him. That's the fucking bomber. Right. I've seen him. I've seen him do it. No, you did it. 
He just looks different from you. God, shut up. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that was that um one thing it's funny is um the power of the news and the news media and one of the things about the um Boston Marathon bombing was what I thought was genius was and this was a risky call, okay? Mm-hmm. When the one sus they had already got the one suspect. I think they killed him, I can't remember, but they had the other suspect was on the run, okay? And the chief of police of Boston decided to go public, okay? And he told everybody, this is a big risk. He told everybody to cautiously go back outside, view your surroundings, okay? Because he knew that only people who knew their everyday routine and their everyday surroundings would know what was wrong. And that's when the guy with the boat and the boat cover found him in his boat because his cover on his boat the police never would have found the dude you know he would have he would have disappeared can you imagine the guts that that police chief had to make that call he's probably like we got to do this we got to they're like dude he's on the fucking loose out there you know i don't care we got to do it you know and it turned out to be a it's one of those things where it's like you 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 have to take the risk of the situation and evaluate the risk of this one method that you know will work if you can pull it off correctly versus just letting the guy disappear. Right. Exactly. You know, and that's one thing. The news media can be a big help sometimes. Oh, absolutely. You know? It's definitely very... And and the the final thing on our list, which is going to be social media, spoiler alert, is, is a very good example of something that can be great and can be terrible all at the same time it all comes down to the fact that it is all man-made we were talking about you facebook i swear we were talking about you facebook it's man-made and anything that is man-made is going to be inherently flawed right which is why i don't agree with the death penalty anyway moving on next topic the only time I would agree with the death penalty is if anybody hurt you. And I would probably take care of that. I would take care of that myself, okay? I, I know you would. I was I told Brandon that one time, too. I was like, babe, I need you to know that my dad might not seem very scary, but he will kill you. Oh, yeah, with a spoon. With you, know how long, you know how long it takes to die with a spoon? It, yeah. Long time. Yeah. Long time. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to hit on one thing real quick, and then we're going to move on, because I really want to talk about something else. Okay, um, the Clinton impeachment. Yes. Um, which I think is, I still think to this day, I thought it's stupid back then, I think it's stupid now. <laughs> he basically got impeached for a blowjob. And, you know, it's just like, Donald Trump gets impeached for inciting, you know, a riot against the United States government, okay? And Bill Clinton got impeached for a blowjob. Yeah, you know? and uh, <laughs> I, I'm i going to make a crass statement. Please excuse me. Um, Bill Clinton got impeached because he got a blowjob from Monica Lewinsky. Have you seen Monica Lewinsky? <laughs> what? I get it. I get it. I'm just saying I understand where he's coming from, okay? She yeah. was 22. She was smart as fuck. Still is smart as fuck. She yeah. uh, is enterprising she is hot 
what's not to love about Monica Lewinsky? <laughs> I <But> then <laughs> Trump literally co like uh conspires with a foreign government. Right. To <laughs> and yeah. then incites uh, an insurrection in the Capitol. Donald Trump was impeached twice. He's yes. 50% of this country's <laughs> impeachments. And the the first impeachment being a lovely... <laughs> uh, any Anyone you ask who you're like, hey, so Donald Trump is two out of the four impeachments. What were the other two? I guarantee you, guarantee you, they're going to say, oh yeah, Bill Clinton and Richard Nixon. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> It was not Bill Clinton and Richard Nixon. It was Bill Clinton and Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson, that's right. Andrew Johnson, the uh, the the uh, successor to Abraham Lincoln, who he was impeached, but he was not removed from office uh, because of the policies that he instated after the Civil War, because he wanted to unify the country as quickly as possible, but he didn't put any protections in place for freed slaves and so the senate was like <clears throat> no not the senate the house of representatives was like hey i noticed that you are giving slave owners a slap on the wrist and not helping the slaves that we just fought an entire war against ourselves to free uh that's not very presidential of you but then the senate didn't remove them so right. no impeachment has ever actually <laughs> led to a removal from office Nixon wasn't even impeached. He was just like, you got me. <laughs> yeah. That's back when they had decorum, Sarah. The guy was like, <laughs> the guy was like, you know, even his like cohorts were like, you know what? You're screwed. Yeah. You know, so he actually quit before they could like, you know, impeach him. Fire him. And that's the thing is like, he was like, no, you got me. I'm out. Like I yeah. committed, I committed crimes against my own right. people. I'm done. I'm out. <clears throat> And I saw someone a little while ago, this was be this was pre-Trump, who was like, I can't believe that Richard Nixon resigned, but then when Clinton was impeached, he didn't resign. Yeah, because he was impeached once again over a blowjob. <laughs> Not over a blowjob. He was impeached over lying about a blowjob. Lying job, about a blowjob. Like, how many of us have not lied about a blowjob? <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, if I was Clinton, what I would have done is got up there on that witness stand. I would have said, okay, um, Senator over there, did you, have you ever had homosexual thoughts? Or have you ever <laughs> cheated on your wife? Or have you done anything? What, you know, you know, I, basically, yeah, like, like, they asked him about his personal life. And then, <laughs> and then it's like, you know, like, I don't know. Yes. And that's the thing. That's the thing. Is that it was so silly. It was so it was, stupid. It was, it was stupid. He was a... He, the thing is... I remember, like, as a child, I always thought that Bill Clinton must have been a terrible president. No! No, he wasn't. He was not a terrible president. He worked across the aisle. I mean, he was actually <laughs> not bad, you know? He's I pretty know. Good. And it's, what's funny is, if you go back and watch these... Um, the tapes from the... Uh, senators who were in office back then versus what what they said back then versus what they're saying now it's hilarious like mcconnell and uh who's the guy <laughs> lindsey graham lindsey graham you know what i'm saying i mean it's like the entire opposite fucking story and it's like dude do you not have a fucking spine no they don't because it's not about actual integrity it's about winning 
I guess. They don't, you know, like, they don't give a shit that Donald Trump gave a porn star hush money weeks before he was inaugurated. But yeah. they do care that Bill Clinton received a blowjob in the Oval Office. Do I right. think either of those things are at all appropriate? Absolutely fucking not. But also, like, you have to choose whether or not it's a problem. You have to make a firm stance as to whether or not the the sexual indiscretions of your politicians is an actual issue. To me, no, unless they're like a criminal about it, like, you know, Donald Trump and his 36 accusers. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if it's not criminal, I honestly don't really care who they're having sex with. It does not matter to me. It doesn't matter to me either. I don't really care. As long so. as, you know, everybody's a consenting adult. Correct. That's that's the only thing that matters. But okay, yeah, so the, the the coverage of the Trump impeachments versus the Clinton impeachment versus the Andrew Johnson impeachment, which does not matter. Um <laughs> Well, I, I do want to talk about that further. Yeah, but like I feel like there's there's just gonna have to be a lot of episodes that we do specifically about the media frenzy surrounding Donald Trump specifically because it's absolutely out of my mind insane. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Not oh, we need to do one on we need to do one on QAnon. Absolutely, we need to do one on QAnon. You're oh gonna have an aneurysm because I know oh. way too much about QAnon. And oh, oh, it keeps oh. me awake at night. Tom Hanks is eating babies as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks eating babies? Where is he getting all these babies from? <laughs> from Hillary's pizza parlor. That's where he's getting it. <laughs> They're supposed the QAnon believes that there is a there is video evidence of Hillary Clinton consuming the heart of a nine-year-old girl. I've oh seen God. this video. It it's just like it's it's first of all, it's heavily pixelated you cannot see anything in the video and right. it looks really weird but it just kind of looks like something that was shot on like a camera from 1962 <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of yelling it's very clearly i don't want to say it's very clearly not hillary clinton but like the the fact that people claim that it is a video of <laughs> hillary clinton eating the heart of a nine-year-old is incredibly humorous to me right <laughs> it's like the loveland frog or toad or whatever you like <laughs> the loveland frog hey that's real okay <laughs> okay yeah okay all right the 2000 let's... election father please okay <laughs> let's move on to that so um i'm gonna start this off because this is personal to me because i didn't really have a horse in the race too much in 2000 <laughs> But I was always been interested in politics, and I always voted, and I always watched and stuff and everything, you know. But what's fascinating to me is, especially since we had 24-7 CNN on, you know, and they couldn't decide the election. And normally with a presidential election or most other elections, it's kind of like, by the time you go to bed, you know. You know? Yeah, in I mean, case any of you out there are like, man, is it always this fucking terrible? No, it's usually very boring, actually. <laughs> Exactly. That's what I was telling somebody the other day. It was like the Thursday after the inauguration day, like a week yeah. ago today. And I was like, do you know anything about today? It's, today seemed kind of boring, you know? Uh -huh. And it, it was like, I was like, that's the way it should be, you know? Yeah, but anyways, I saw, there was a video I saw that was like, hey, did you hear what the president did today? 
Me either. Crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I mean, it's like, I think back to times like maybe the 2008 and 2012 election when it was like 930 and we were like, oh, Obama won. All right, everybody go to bed. <laughs> we all gotta yeah. go to work and school in the morning. So yeah. he won. Let's go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, oh, that's the end of it. Awesome. 2000 was an exception. And then 2016 and 2020 are the fucking craziest exceptions <laughs> in the <laughs> yeah. history of elections, I believe, at least. The thing about the 2000 election, though, is that there was an actual, like, physical reason that they were having issues counting the votes. Um... And uh, some younger folk out there are going to be hella confused when I I describe it. But basically, uh, the way that you used to vote, uh, well, I don't think they did it much after this whole incident, um, was that it was like a punch card where you would like have a little pokey thing and then you would like poke a hole next to the candidate that you like wanted to vote for. And it wasn't just a hole. It was like a pre-stitched circle next to each candidate. And so you well, could punch it out. Right. Because these things slid into the ballot. Yes. And then you would, basically it was all interconnected with these. It was computer punch cards. And I forget what it's actually called, but I actually learned about them in high school back in like the grand old like 80s or 70s or whatever it was mm-hmm. um so they were very antiquated even in 2000 but the thing was it was like yeah that the whole and we nobody knew it that that little hangy thing was called a chad yeah it's a chad you know yeah it is a hanging chad if my friend chad is listening to this right now <laughs> you rock buddy i'm sorry for all the times i've made fun of your name <laughs> <laughs> You're just a small piece of paper, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're just a little piece of paper hanging off the back of a ballot that makes it impossible to know who someone <laughs> voted for. So the problem with these hanging chads, which was basically just these little strips of paper that were hanging off of not every single ballot, but off of a lot of them, was that it made it hard to tell who you had voted for because the paper wasn't fully punched through. And so they had to recount... And recount, and re- I think they recounted Florida like five times. Something like that, yeah. And something insane like that. And and for those of you who recently experienced the 2020 election and were like waiting for certain states to get their shit together, no- I still think to this day nothing compares to just being like, Florida, what is going on? Florida, just count your fucking votes. Come on, man. Is it Bush or is it Gore? Is it Bush or is it Gore? So 2000, it took like 36 days for them to finally come down and be like, all right, the Supreme Court is deciding who fucking wins this election. And then George Bush won. And people are still upset about it to this day. I have no snake in the race, so I can't really decide (laughs) if I think it was bad or if I think it was good. The funny thing was back then i kept trying to go to sleep yeah and i kept getting back up thinking i would learn who won yeah and i was up like really late i had a service call to do in the morning and uh so i get up i go to work and i go to this lady's house and i'm i bring her doorbell and i'm bending down to take my boots off and stuff and everything and she comes to the door 
I say, hi, I'm Mike from Dubs Plumbing, you know, and she says, um, hi, come on in. I said, I'm going to have to apologize. I was up till like 2 o'clock in the morning watching this election. She goes, so was I, no worries. You know, and it was, it was just funny because it was like yeah. the whole country was like gripped by this thing. I had no idea that you could go like with a piece of paper. Yeah. You oh, know? Yeah. And it was just, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's so funny because like when I think about the stakes of the 2000 election compared to the stakes of the 2020 election, it was so much less like life or death. I feel in 2000, right. I think the biggest issue that people had with it was the indecision was just the fact that we were like, come on, like you have to have a way to count these votes. Like, oh, yeah. like come on, you're the federal fucking government. Like you have to have a way right. of, of figuring out who won this fucking election. And the outcry uh, from that election almost entirely relates to the Supreme Court having to make the final decision as to who won. As versus the 2020 election, where there was just so much in misinformation and there was volatility and there was people who were screaming and crying one way or the other, just desperately needing to know who won because both sides thought they were going to die if the other side won. And only one side was really going to face any consequences. Right. Uh, because if Donald Trump were president for four more years... Oh my God. I like, <laughs> I have, I, we are, we are now, you know, in day eight of having Joe Biden be the president. And so far, every time I see like a headline that's like, oh, President Biden, I'm like a little bit like, oh God, because I'm so conditioned <laughs> to seeing every single article just be something absolutely atrocious. But every single time it's like, hey, Biden did this thing to protect these vulnerable people. And I'm like, oh shit, nice, cool, good job. <laughs> yeah. And look, he's wearing a mask, isn't that? Precious. I know he's uh he he took oh my god he took the diet coke button off of the desk in the Oval Office which is absolutely revolutionary and if you don't know what I'm talking about I don't Donald Trump had a red but so famously if you've never seen the desk in the Oval Office there are two there are two telephones on the left side of the desk and then like usually a bunch of shit on the right side that they're supposed to sign. But right next to those two phones for the entire Trump presidency was a red button. What did it do? Um, <laughs> go ahead and guess because you will never get it. The answer is he pressed that Donald Trump would press that button and a butler would bring him a Diet Coke. Oh, my God. First of all, he was drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so fucking comical that it has to be true. It's not it's like not one of those things that's like, oh, did you read that on the onion? No, that's just the truth. And right. uh, Biden, you know, day one was like, I do not need a Diet Coke button. Please bring me a glass of water. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's uh, great. Joe that's Biden classic. has a Peloton. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, everyone's like, Biden's going to die, and then Harris is going to take over, and she's going to be a communist and stuff. And I was like, Donald Trump ate McDonald's every day, and Joe Biden has a Peloton. 
who do you think's gonna die first? I'm just saying. You it's know, like, I I immediately know a conversation with someone needs to end the second they start bringing up communism because there is a 97 percent chance they do not know what communism is. Correct. Yes, exactly. I, I just, I need you to understand. I need everybody listening to this to understand that the, that Joe Biden is a centrist. As Correct. is Kamala Harris. And our center is actually quite right to the rest of the world. So I assure you, we are not in any way in danger of falling victim to communism, even though you have no idea what that means. Exactly. And it's okay if you don't know what that means, because you probably got the spark notes or the cliffs notes for Animal Farm when you were supposed to read it in the eighth grade. <laughs> yes. Um, the amount of people who have talked about the fact that Donald Trump was banned from Twitter and called it Orwellian is deeply depressing to me because have you fucking oh, read yeah. the book? Yeah, we already talked about this. It's so funny. It's like... Good ah! lord. Oh, the reason they do that is because it sounds good to their base. Yes, absolutely. You know? Then their base can start repeating that bullshit, which means nothing. You know, they try to sound like the people that follow these I'm just going to say it. Most of these people, these far-right conspiracy theorist people, they're not very bright. They're they fucking just want, stupid. They just want somebody to fucking like that that's not doesn't talk down to them okay mm -hmm. and trust me like ted cruz doesn't talk down to anybody okay ted cruz he can't he talks down to he can't talk down to anybody because you know the garbage man's going like ted really seriously you <laughs> oh know oh my god ted cruz's statement about the paris climate agreement oh my I god agree. so ted cruz tweeted and was like rejoining the paris climate agreement means that the tr the president cares more about the people of paris than he does with the people of pittsburgh a ted cruz you are a senator from texas shut the fuck up second of all the paris climate agreement is not, has nothing to do with paris paris just where the document was signed. Correct. Like, does he think the Treaty of Versailles only has anything to do with the people of Versailles? Yeah. The people of Germany are going to have a fucking thing to say to you about that. Right. Exactly. It's absolutely bonkers to me. I was so upset after I read that article that I called you and I was like, Dad, I... I know, right? I, was I just have like, to yell. Oh I need to yell because I was I couldn't believe alone. you said that. I couldn't believe you said that. <sighs> Feel better now? <laughs> oh, my God. I just can't. The sensationalism of right-wing media is horrifying to me because they will say whatever they need to to get their base to believe them. And the worst part is their base will believe them. Because like you said, the people who sell them this misinformation are the only people who don't talk down to them. But dad, it is so hard not to talk down to them. The thing, the thing is, it's like, it's funny because I just don't think these parents ever punished them for lying when they were growing up. Because all they do is lie. You know? Yeah. I mean, when I was yeah. growing up, if we lied, it was a big deal. You know, we got punished. You know, but now people are just like, I can say whatever the fuck I want to, you know, yeah. and nobody gives a fuck, you know, and it's like, what the fuck? So nobody believes anything because everybody's lying. 
Well, not that everybody. Is why it was such a huge deal when Twitter started doing their fact checking thing, where like right. every other tweet that Donald Trump would make would have a little tagline on it that said this tweet contains misinformation and everybody was freaking out they were like oh my god you're just gonna do that because no other social media platform before that point had made any kind of effort to censor misinformation in fact there was an entire senate hearing about it um in which (laughs) famously in which aoc questioned mark zuckerberg i guess it wasn't a senate hearing i guess it was more with the house yeah but um where aoc famously was like so are you saying that we can lie in our political Facebook ads. And Mark Zuckerberg was like, well, we don't feel the need to censor any kind of political advertisements. And she was like, so what you're saying is I can lie in my political Facebook ads. (laughs) And he was like, well, it's just not really in our wheelhouse to be censoring political ads. And she was like, so I can lie in political Facebook ads. So if yeah. I run an ad saying that Donald Trump supports the Green New Deal, you're not going to to take it down. It's not going to be fact-checked. And he was like, that is not what we do. No. And she was like, oh, great. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, oh like, my it's God. stunning to me because she's such a straight shooter. Like, she literally says, like, exactly the right thing and asks the question in exactly the right way and these right-wing nut jobs are always just like well i don't know and she's like it's a yes or no question <laughs> it's very simple answer it yeah anyway i'm having a i'm having a senior moment here but um who's the um the senator from is she from massachusetts uh oh my god I'm having a senior moment, Sarah. What, what is her name? Help me out. Help me out. Help me out. Maybe it's Vermont. I don't know. Who? Presidential candidate. Presidential, Presidential candidate. Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, <laughs> I remember her in these Senate hearings and stuff. She was like, like a pit bull. She was so yes, good. absolutely. And I was like, God, I love her just just for being a fucking pit bull. You yes, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's we like I don't. This the other day about Kamala Harris, where we were, someone was like, she like she's like too aggressive. No, I fucking love that about her. Oh, she, I know. That's the thing everyone <laughs> loves about her. You know, she's just like gonna like ream you a new fucking asshole. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And everyone's like, uh, Biden's a spineless piece of shit. You know, and stuff like that. I was like, let's wait till he's uh, six Kamala on you. You know, you'd be all right. <laughs> so good, uh, Elizabeth Warren. A uh, fun fact, my now late 94-year-old grandfather uh, had her as his presidential pick. But really? He, yeah. You don't remember that? Jackie told us that, uh, that she had went to, like, talk to him one day, and he was just, like, talking to her about, like, the state of politics in the world and stuff. And he was a very even-tempered person. I would not be able to tell you his political leanings if I tried, because the only thing this man cared about was um, making himself a martini every afternoon at 5 p.m., watching the news and cars. So I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I assume he just always voted for whoever he thought was the most polite. And not that he was stupid. He was not stupid by any means. I just have no idea what this man's political leanings could have been. However, he told your sister that he was going to vote for Elizabeth Warren because he thought that she was so cool. And he was 94 years old. So um, someone being old is not a good excuse for them to be bigoted and have terrible beliefs. Just saying. (laughs) 
No, he was neither of those things. I mean, I've only heard him use the N word like one time, and he was just telling me, he was just telling me that a phrase that they used to call. It was a phrase they used back in the day. I'm not going to repeat what he said, Obviously. but he, he he wasn't actually calling a person that. He, he was, was just informing you of the phrase. Correct. I assume so that you would not use it. No, it's just we never had that talk. It never was very important. I mean, to him. I mean, he was just very, like you said, he was a very nice person. He's very even killed. And to be quite honest, Sarah, my parents had their hands full raising four <laughs> kids. You know, Grandpa never graduated high school. I think they did a pretty bang up job. You oh, know, yeah, but for they, sure. they they weren't really like, you know, all that like you know. It's not like they were like giving us like big lesson day and shit like that. You know, it was just kind of it was just kind of like you know don't like uh, eat Bobo and uh, yeah be quiet. You're gonna wake the baby. That was the lesson yeah. of the day. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so um, tell you what, I'm getting hungry. Let's move on. Oh, guess okay. what's up next? Oh, it's my favorite. Okay, oh. well let's let's kind of go light on this because we're going to do a whole thing on this one. Absolutely. This is okay. going to be a multi-part series. There is going to be a multi-part series on this topic specifically because I have a lot of feelings about it and I have written way too much about it and read way too much about it to only talk about it for a few minutes in okay. one episode. However, I'll start. Okay. <laughs> go ahead with what you were going to say. <laughs> Can I just lead into it? Go ahead. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Anyway, um, so... Here's what happened. I was at work, and um, I'm a construction worker, and I remember my friend calling me and saying, uh, um, a plane just flew into the World Trade Center. I thought he meant a Cessna or something, you know. He's like, turn the news on and stuff. And um, so then things started to unfold on the radio news because obviously I was at work and we didn't have a television. And uh, so I remember because I had to go over to my mom and dad's and pick Sarah up because she was in kindergarten that year, or she just started kindergarten in 01. And uh, they didn't even have the television on. I was like, why don't you have the television on? They're like, well, we're having a tree cut down in the front yard. I was like, do you not know what's going on? So anyway, I picked up Sarah and we went home. And we had this on CNN the whole entire, like 24-7, okay? And we never hid it from Sarah. You know, we never sat her down and talked about it unless she had a question. Um, One time she thought it was downtown Cincinnati and asked her if her aunt was okay. And we had to explain to her that no, it was New York City. Um, but we never did hide anything from her. And I actually asked her the other day, I asked Sarah, I said, did I do the right thing? And she said, yes. Um, because I always wondered about that because we never really did. It wasn't like it was, you know, the, anyway, um, I'm going to let her take it from here. I, what I'll say about that whole situation is that, like, had I been, like, deeply traumatized by it, I probably would have a different opinion. But for some reason, um, I watched the most terrifying thing I've ever witnessed live on television, and I was just kind of like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's happening. That's so crazy. I can't believe that's happening. You know? I was five years old at the time. I was in kindergarten. When they let the the morning, they canceled afternoon kindergarten. When they let the morning kindergartners leave, the school was in lockdown for the rest of the day because Cincinnati, much like every other city in the world, believed that they were going to be the next target for a plane. Um, there are thousands of planes that fly through the air every single day. And because of the methods that these terrorists were using, which were like geniusly simplistic, um, there was no way of knowing 
like which of these planes was going to be weaponized against a different building or a different group of people. Um, Every single plane in the entire country was grounded um, as soon as they physically could. People were stranded in random cities all over the place for days because you just couldn't get on a plane to go anywhere because the fear of what was happening and the unknown was so unprecedented that it was insane. Earlier, I said that 9-11 in the Iraq war was the death of honest journalism because the, the profitability of sensationalizing news events skyrocketed after 9-11. You had this one day of absolutely raw, unedited footage of the most horrific thing to ever occur on American soil, barring the Civil War, obviously. But in modern history, this is the most terrifying thing that has ever happened. And you had that one day where news outlets reported everything that happened every single minute of the day. There is so much video footage of those towers falling. Um, there's more video footage of those towers falling than almost anything else that has ever happened. Um, and after that, these news media heads, all of these like CEOs were like, everybody is watching the news right now. We need to have 9-11 every day because that is how we keep the news on the air. That is how we keep people watching. This was one of the most tragic events in history. I can confidently say that I know more about what happened on September 11th, 2001 than most people alive. But it was one of the most horrific things to ever happen to journalism, to ever happen to the news cycle in this country, because nothing can happen without it being a scandal, without it being insane, without it being the biggest thing to happen this side of 9-11, it's, it is absolutely shaped the way that we view the news, the way that we experience life events and historical events in so many ways that I have to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Take a breath, Sarah. <laughs> it's 9-11 is present in every single part of your day of your life and I we will talk about it ad nauseum but the way it affected the news is absolutely irreparable I will agree 100% with you on that um, and obviously 9-11 happened before social media yeah um, so it didn't have as much of an impact as it could have oh, yeah. um, what what did happen was it was like you said it was like the only thing people are doing is watching the news so and it, it, it's this way with like a lot of things whenever something happens and, or if there's nothing else to talk about because there was other things to talk about, but nobody wanted to talk about them because nobody wanted to hear them. And like, it's the same way with sports, you know, there's oh, so many yeah. people's, so many people's take on one thing that it gets to be ridiculous. It gets to be like, like, are you really fucking serious? I mean, everyone has to have their take. Like, you know, oh, my God, so-and-so said this about this. And there's no proof of anything, Yeah. you know? And it, it's just like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's just... And, you know, we're going to leave this go here in a second. But 
because we want to touch touch a little bit on social media, but um, the um, I think I think you're 100 percent right, and that you know people have to like make shit up. You know, they have to just like say anything to get a headline or to get clicked. And same way, I mean, even back then, the, the internet was in its infancy stages, and back in um, 01. But I mean, now today you would call it clickbait. You know, where it was just like channel bait. You know, like uh-huh. everyone's like, you know whatever um so i um i have often talked about the impact the the way that the news cycle was able to stretch out this tragedy as long as it possibly could was the pure physical fact that the fires in the world trade center were not put out for a hundred days correct and um a hundred days after the event occurred the fires were finally extinguished and that is the way that the news media treats everything in this country they get a hundred days they are trying to stretch it out as long as they possibly can in order to either fearmonger lie or sway you and and i it, this is not to say that all journalists are bad there are some free I, there are some freelance journalists that i follow online who are absolutely phenomenal because all they care about is telling you what's happening that is their goal is this is the news this is what's going on and that is honest journalism honest journalism isn't dead per se it's just in mass media i absolutely think that it has suffered and died because of the way that people tried to monetize 9-11 you know what's funny is and um i'm not saying cnn is not guilty of what we're talking about oh, here absolutely. but i read an article um is this is before Trump, okay? Uh-huh. So there had to be probably around 13, 14. Okay. And C- CNN was um, suffering through like a, a ratings dip, okay? And it was all Fox News because everyone was hammering Obama and all this stuff. And CNN was not having very good success with ratings and stuff like that. And I read an article and it actually said CNN, the problem with CNN is they're not, controversial enough oh they're, they're absolutely not, i've th- read that article <laughs> have you really they're oh, they're, absolutely they're not have. far right and they're not far left they're just right down the middle and i uh-huh. thought that was hilarious when trump never gave one minute of time to cnn during the four years that he was fucking president and because i'm thinking they weren't gonna make a huge deal out of everything or they were just gonna be like this is what happened anyway exactly moving on like <laughs> yes you know and it's just like people I hate it, like especially at work. And I'm not saying anything about the guys I work with, but they're not the most informed bunch. And whenever you bring up CNN, what do people call it, Sarah? Uh, they always call it like leftist and liberal. And Communist News Communist. Network. Communist. Communist, Communist News, News Network. Network is what they Hell call it. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Communist News Network. My anyway. favorite thing, my favorite response to anyone saying like, oh, this network is like communist or whatever is I'm like, oh, f- sick. Yes, man. Finally, a communist news network. <laughs> oh, it's what I've been waiting for. And people always look at you like, what? <laughs> I know. Right. What are you talking about? I'm like, oh, yeah. Hell yeah. People all the time. It's because it's because the the only way to play into their insane sensationalism is to play into it back. Like as 
absolutely insanely as you can. The other day, someone was like, oh, do you hear they want to abolish the police? I was like, they may as well abolish the whole government. Who needs them? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> all of them. And they were like, are you, are you serious? And I was like, hell yeah, I'm an anarchist now. <laughs> Fuck the police. I was actually at work, and usually at work, I just keep my mouth shut because people, yeah. are, they're, they're just like, you know, whatever. They got their minds made up. You're not going to change anybody's mind. But there was like four of us sitting around. The sun was out, so we were outside just sitting there talking and stuff. And <clears throat> obviously, it turned to the election, and somebody was talking about, yeah, Biden's going to die. And then uh, Kamala Harris, he didn't even pronounce her name right, but <clears throat> he said, she's a bitch and a communist and stuff. I was like, first of all, I've never met her personally, so I don't know if she is a bitch. If she is, I probably like her better. And I said, <laughs> secondly, she's not a communist. I said, what she is, she's a hard-nosed ex-prosecutor, and she's a United States senator, and she holds more degrees than everybody on this job site put together. Okay? <laughs> and it was, and I, I actually said that. I'm not in a I'm mean proud way. I'm of you. I'm but proud I was just of you like, saying that. Yeah, they, they want to call like powerful women names. And I'm like, is that all you got? You never did any research on her. You can't actually come up with an argument. You have to call her a bitch. Is that what you have to call her? I'm oh, really, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I never called Donald Trump a dick. He is know? one. But well, like... <laughs> but I mean, you know, that, that's that's the last resort of any kind of, Oh yeah. you know, any kind of, arg- not really argument, but um, debate. It's just name calling. And I hate it so much because it's so weak and like it's lazy you know it is it is absolutely lazy that is what people they people love to minimize women and their accomplishments just because they're ball busters and they're in positions of power they get minimized to oh she's a bitch yeah she's a bitch so anyway um all right the last thing on the list um that we're going to talk about is um we're simply just going to touch on it the um the influence of social media and especially like Twitter and its influence on news. Um, cause Twitter actually has been a force in the news cycle because people will put stuff on Twitter, like actual, like verified accounts, you know, for like universities and governments or whatever, they'll actually break news on Twitter. So I oh, consider, yeah. sometimes I consider Twitter a, a form of news because the people themselves are reporting on it, not somebody else who finds out about it and reports on it. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, I've told you before, that is where I get 99% of my news is from Twitter. And it's, and people always like, people love to look at me weird when I say that, but it's like, yeah, I follow journalists. I follow news media. I follow universities. I follow fucking Anthony Fauci. I'm kidding. I don't think he has Twitter. I think he's <laughs> Um <laughs> I thought like it's like you follow these officials on Twitter who break news, make comments, give you information, and it is a great way of getting information. You don't have to sift through hours of news footage in order to get what you're looking for. You just you see it. It's just there. It's where you right. where the news breaks. I think Twitter is the social media site with first of all the most integrity as we spoke earlier they are the ones who are fact checking they're the ones who are coming out being like this is false you cannot you like do not believe this and they're the ones who are actually putting themselves on the line by trying to get in the way of misinformation 
Facebook, on the other hand. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook actively profits off of far-right media and their constant barrage of misinformation. And the thing about Facebook is that it is so heavily utilized by, no offense, baby boomers who a lot of the time don't really um, fact check or double check or- Or read. Or read (laughs) their news articles before they share them. Um, Half the time, the point that that people, like the thing, anytime someone sends me an article, I'll always read it. Like if if you're trying to disprove my point and you send me an article, I will read it because so often someone sends me an article and it proves my point because yeah. they did not read the article that they were sending to me. They just read the headline and thought it made sense. Right. I'm kind of guilty of that too sometimes. Um, not with necessarily with the news, but I'll just glance at something and be, maybe it's my eyesight. Maybe, I don't know, but I'll glance <laughs> at something and be like, oh yeah, you know, and it, it's crazy because sometimes I'll see something in the news. And I'm like, that makes no sense whatsoever. And I'll be like, oh, that's not the right word. Okay. Yeah. And I'll be like, now it makes sense. Well, yeah, but you're checking. You're like just doing, you're like double check. Like the thing is, if you see something that you think is insane, Your first instinct should not be to just believe it. Your first instinct should be to check on it, you know, such as Hillary Clinton consumes human heart. Maybe (laughs) you should be like, that doesn't seem true. (laughs) I don't think that she ate the heart. Is that what you're telling me? She ate the heart? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, And even more so. If you're looking for something to prove your point and you find something that proves your point almost too well, you should be skeptical. Correct. Of that thing that just proved your point because Correct. it might not be true. Correct. <laughs> like if one day you were just like, you know what? I think that vaccines, like totally independently of anything else, you were just like, vaccines cause autism and you go online and you find that one article that's like actually vaccines do cause autism yeah be skeptical because you do not have a medical degree (laughs) correct yeah it's crazy you know it's just i don't know i mean you know it's funny because in a way it's almost like i like the boring stuff yeah more than i like the exciting stuff because the the boring stuff is probably going to be true I'm uh-huh. just saying, I'm not always saying it is, but I'm saying if there's something boring and you're reading it, that article, it's probably going to be true because they're not like printing that to get like, you know, millions of people to click on that freaking article. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just like, it, I don't know. It's, but. it is, it's so, it's so funny because it's like, sometimes you'll see things where you're like, you read to like, you'll see posts online that are like, which one of these statements is false? Um, Donald Trump has a Diet Coke button on the desk in the Oval Office or Joe Biden owns a Peloton. And you're like, I do not know which one of those is false. <laughs> and then you read the article and it's like, actually, both of those things is true. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Like, does Joe Biden own a fucking Peloton? I mean, he seems like a, a decently healthy guy. I guess that makes sense. Did Donald Trump have a fucking Diet Coke button <laughs> on his desk? That I mean, he's gross, so I guess that might be true. <laughs> Um, I think that sometimes people say that the internet was a mistake and I disagree wholeheartedly. First of all, I disagree. Do I think that, uh, the internet highlights some of the worst parts of mankind? Absolutely. But you have to understand that those parts of mankind have existed for thousands of years. And in fact, they are very good at procreating. So social media... (laughs) Social media is not making it worse. It's just making it so that you can see it. And it's making it so that people feel emboldened to be that way because they see other people doing it. Because social media makes it so you can see it. <laughs> it's, it, is, it is an infinite feedback loop that has made things both better and worse. A, I got my entire, almost my entire degree online. I wouldn't have been able to do that without the internet. And I learned so much from that. However, I have also recently had an argument with a man who didn't know the difference between a hysterectomy and a vasectomy on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) So the good with the bad, the good with the bad. (laughs) One thing I do not like about the internet is I, I strongly feel like, and everyone's like, we get all this information at in our fingertips. We can know so much stuff. I think it actually hinders actually intelligence and actually um, creative and independent thought because it just force feeds you like so much shit that yeah. you're, you're, you like you don't have feel the need to be curious about this or that or whatever. Like you don't want to go out in the world and actually because you already you already think you know everything because it's right there at Google. You know, the almighty Google. And it's like, look, I think the way things that, like the way things evolved, like in nature, okay? Like mm-hmm. independently on like um, like isolated islands and stuff. How you find animals that aren't anywhere else in the world. But they're fascinating and they have really great features and stuff. That's independent thought and how people come to conclusions on their own apart from everybody else's thinking because let's face it ideas breed ideas but you can also be influenced by those ideas where if you didn't see that idea then you would like come up with something on your own that nobody else had thought about yeah does that make sense no absolutely it's and i I do think and again i think you have i think it's 50 50 in that regard i think that independent thought is so much easier to communicate thanks to social media the amount of creativity and prosperity that i've seen on social media through people i don't know just like one example is like uh independently publishing books digitally because they don't have the money to pay a publisher to physically publish their books, but they're getting their books out there and they're being able to do that thanks to the the glory of the internet. And that is creativity that might've fizzled and died if we didn't have it. However, 
this, you know, to come back to the strain of misinformation that is all over the internet, it is heavily influencing people. And they get into these echo chambers where people are just shouting the same things back at them over and over again. You get your very simple phrases that make you feel like you know what's going on. Um, <laughs> such as, but not limited to, lock her up. I was and, thinking the same phrase, yeah. Um, uh, how about do nothing Democrats? Or... You know, just like all of these like simplistic things that are being force fed into the minds of people who are, no offense, but pretty easily influenced because that's what they're searching for. They're searching for an identity. They're searching for some someone who agrees with them or who looks like them. Yes. And here's the they one, here's... themselves are not getting up. They're not providing independent thought. Anyway. Here's the one I love the most. Lion Joe Biden. <laughs> meant to support meant to support the man who lied more in four years than any president who's ever served. But that's the thing is like they his supporters truly don't believe that he lies. Like they're always I know. like the the best juxtaposition I've ever seen amongst Trump Trump supporters, like their dual thought process is they'll always be like, I love him because he just says what he means. But then anytime he says something really fucked up, they're like, Well, that's not what he meant. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's like they got an argument for everything, you know? Didn't you say? Like, I remember one time when the election, when the first election was happening, I had a person in my life who said that they wanted to be Donald Trump's next spouse. And I was like, oh, my God. So you want to be cheated on and <laughs> like probably physically abused and <laughs> what are you talking about? It's just like idolizing this man as though, you know, just be, they were like, oh, he's a successful businessman. No, he fucking isn't. First of all, right. he's gone bankrupt like four times. He bankrupted casinos. Right. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to bankrupt a, a casino when you have millions of dollars to put into it? Very difficult. It's a casino. <laughs> People just throw money at you. I right. don't understand. But he bankrupted a bunch of casinos. And I was like, yeah, all of that on a small loan of a million dollars from his dad. And they had the audacity to look at me and go, well, what would you do with a million dollars? I fucking would not bankrupt four casinos. <laughs> the only thing he's been the only thing he's been good at is building his brand. And I honestly think that the reason he ran in sixteen was to build his brand back up. He, I, don't I don't think, think he, he wanted, wanted to, win. to be president. He, I don't think he did either. Oh, anyway, um since we're close to being toward the end, yeah. I just want to say one thing I thought about the other night, which is my dream fucking job. <laughs> I want to be a Former president of the United States. I don't, I don't want to be president. I want to be a former president. Wouldn't that be the best job ever? That is the best job. You get like a really, really nice paycheck. You get like secret service for like your whole life. Right. And you, you know? get to say that you're the former president. That sounds like a really oh. nice job. And you don't really have to do anything. You know, you just like fly around and give speeches and shit, you know? George W. Bush has been down there trimming the brush. <laughs> For going on 13 years now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That'd be the best job ever. Oh, my God. I would love that. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to say before we sign off here? Um, I don't have anything.
have anything else to say about the episode. However, I would like to give some social media plugging. Not, not, not after we've shat on social media. Um, <laughs> so we do have a Twitter account. I haven't really posted anything on it yet, but I will starting with this episode. Um, our Twitter is at Zoomer to the number Boomer. Um, very easy to find. I will be cross-posting it to my personal Twitter, which is at Sarah S. Wilton. If you want to follow me for a lot of hot takes about politics, social media, anime, um, <laughs> cartoons, all of the stupid shit that I do, my job, which by the way, I've been talking a lot about my job because the <laughs> my pillow guy. <laughs> Oh my God. I need everybody, if you are listening to this and you have a strong opinion about my pillow and the fact that you don't think he should have been removed from stores because of politics, I want you to know my pillow is a terrible product. It is uncomfortable, stinky, and we sell maybe 500 of them every year. And 250 of those 500 get returned. We are losing money ordering my pillows. So if you're upset that the MyPillow guy is having his stuff removed from stores, I want you to know it's not because he's a Republican. It's because he made a terrible item. Oh. Tell him to make a better pillow and we will continue stocking his stuff. I have had many people come into my store being like, I can't believe you're removing the MyPillow. Not a single one of them bought a MyPillow. <laughs> They are terrible. <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. <laughs> anyway, one more thing I thought of the other day. Whenever we get home in the car when we were little kids, um, Grandpa would go, home again, Finnegan, jiggity jig. <laughs> that carried into my childhood as well. It was that and the the song from Jaws. Show oh, yeah. The way there you go. go. Um, I'm tired. Tired ain't the one to go to bed. 